Hello, everybody. It's Matt Larkin here. It's the Hockey News Podcast. Not technically a podcast. It's a Zoom. I get to keep calling it a podcast because that's what it feels like to me. And if you notice, I have a very special guest with me today. It's Mr. Michael Blueblay, the world music icon, the hockey fanatic. As many of you know, some of you don't know. That's why he's here. Michael, thank you for coming, my friend. Hi, it was my pleasure, Matt. I'm so happy to be here with you, dude. I, I listen, I enjoy talking to you off the air. So uh, it's nice for us to be on this podcast, and I refuse not to call it a podcast. Dude. That's what it feels I, like, right? I, I am the, now the oldest center ever for the Vancouver Giants at 43 years old with no goals, no assists, no hits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure everyone knows this. I'm aware of this, Michael, but yeah. we know that you've got, you've got a, a hockey rink on your property, in your house, an indoor rink. Is it getting a lot of use during quarantine right now? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I, was, I was just on a conference call. I talked to a bunch of these kids at the BC Children's Hospital, and I had the best time. They're just beautiful kids, and, and their moms and dads were there. And they were asking me questions, and they actually asked me, and they said, is it true, you know, you have a rink? And it's funny. I, I told them the truth. You know, I never, I've never had a fancy car. I've never bought crazy jewelry. I just... I actually saying, you know, some of these rappers, you see them walking around with like a million dollars on their neck. And I was, I just always thought that was really stupid. Um, you know, I just thought it was stupid, you know, but um, I, I love, I love hockey. I love watching it. I love playing it. I love talking about it. And uh, so, yeah, it was my dream. I bought this house and it's not a crazy big rink. It's a, you know, it's a little rink, but I mean, even saying that is, sounds like I'm way too privileged. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, that was like the thing. I built the house uh, around, that was the first thing we had. Actually, the very first thing when I built this house for, for our family, for the kids, well, the very first thing was a Zamboni. That was the very first thing that came on the property. And literally, the house was built around the Zamboni because we couldn't get it in any other way. So we started there and uh, I use it every single day uh, or, or at least every other day. Um, you know, my son Noah is, he's like already, man, he's already becoming a better skater than, I mean, it's amazing. Like I, I'm at 43 years old. I thought that if I practiced every day that I would get significantly better. And it turns out I'm just shit. It's just, <laughs> I just, I'm not very good. And like, I'm better than I was, but I've never felt that comfort. I think part of it, I have a lot of friends that come from, you know, places like Minnesota or, or Ontario or Winnipeg where their moms and dads had rinks, you know, they, the winter would come and they would, you know, flood the backyard or whatever. And I just never had that. I mean, my dad used to take me down to, to four rinks at the time. Now it's eight rinks, but this place near us in Burnaby. And on, I think, Saturday mornings at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., I'd get ice time with my Bantam team or whatever the teams I was with. And that was it, man. It was like you'd go and you'd get as many shifts as you could in an hour. I remember man, that I used to – it's funny. I, I've not really talked about this too much, but I remember that I would be so excited to have the ice time that I remember when I put on my skates, I would shake. Mm -hmm. And I, I would literally be shaking with excitement. And, and I would all – you know, and I was like nine years old, you know, and I, I remember I would – go up to my parents' bedroom because they had this big, big, kind of big glass sliding closet and I would put on all my gear 
and I would just like stare at myself in all my gear and I would, you know, pretend and, you know, the Vancouver Canucks proudly select first, you know, and I'd have all these like fantasies and, but, you know, because I never had that ice time, I never, I just never really, I mean, I had good hands. I, I played in the Western Ball Hockey League. I, I, I was okay, you know, skill wise, but skating, man, just never got there. And it's funny, people ask me now, they go, well, then how did you learn to skate at all? if you didn't have the access to ice and it was rollerblades, you know, when I turned 12, 13 rollerblades kind of came into the existence and, and that was it, man. Then it was every day roller hockey. And I remember that I hadn't been on the ice maybe from gosh, it was years, like maybe from 18 to 22 or 23, I, I hadn't had an opportunity to go on ice or maybe I'd gone, you know, held hands with a girlfriend and skated. Um, but never had a chance to go. And I remember that I got onto the ice and I was amazed that I was so much better than I'd ever, I'd never expected to be because it was rollerblading that gave me that. But anyway, I suck, man, but I love it. My kids are great. My one son, Eli, just started to go on his own now and he's so proud of himself. And, um, and soon my one-year-old will get out there too. And they'll all be way better than me. I'm sure, I'm sure. And the funny thing is, it comes full circle. Rollerblades now are making a big comeback because people can't, a lot of people can't get on ice right now. I've been thinking of ordering some up and maybe it'll correct my, my terrible skating. I was always a terrible skater. It was a poor man's Mark Stone out there, minus all the other talents. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a big day in the sun for rollerblades. We'll, we'll see well, what happens. Yeah, man, it's funny. I talked to Brock Besser the other day and I just said, you know, how you doing, dude? You know, you're keeping in shape and everything. I said, how you doing it without ice? And he said, dude, I, he's like, I rollerblade hard. I go every day. And um, he's like, I'm actually in pretty fantastic shape. And I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, you get out there and, and go and it's tough. But I actually just bought rollerblades as well. Interesting. I'm doing, I think I'm doing it. This is, this is, this is deciding it for me. I'm ordering rollerblades maybe tonight. We'll see, we'll see what happens. It's going to be weird, I think, after now ice skating and not rollerblading. It's going to feel really clunky, I bet. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so obviously you got your, your Giants jersey on, which is, which is great. Cause of course I wanted to ask you about that. Um, you've been part of the ownership group since I believe 2008. Yeah. And what I'm curious for you is, you know, what does it feel like to watch a team? That you have a literal, a literal piece, well, not a literal piece of, but an actual piece of, uh, on the ice. And what I mean is, you know, if you think about things like your fantasy team, which we will get into later and the passion you feel for that, how different is it? when you really do own a piece and it's real human beings on the ice that you're cheering for? Well, I think it's, you know, it's a great question. And um, it's funny, man. I, I talk about it with my friends a lot. It, it changed so much from when I started because can you imagine, I mean, imagine, dude, I was, I remember the Ron Boigel calling me and saying, would you have any interest in, in coming on uh, as a minority owner? And, and it was like, I remember walking in the first time to one of the first meetings and I walked in and I believe to my, I know my, my father came with me and there was Ron and Sultan Tierra. And then there was, it was Pat Quinn. Uh, my, Pat Quinn was an owner and Gordy Howe and his sons were there. And I remember I just walked in and I went like, Oh my God, this is crazy. You know, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm, I'm even a part of this, you know? And, um, it's funny, man. There's a, and then, and you're asked, you've asked the question, what's it like? You know, I, I took it really personally when we started. I would take it really 
personally. It wasn't like the Canucks where I would watch and I would be really disappointed as a fan and, and I would go, oh, you know, darn it, well, next game. I, it, it, but I would get uh, almost offended. Like, I would get mad. Like, I, I would get – this is at the start, the first few years. I was like, you know, you know why aren't they – you know, why didn't they – it's a different feeling. I mean, that's it's hard to explain. Um, and then it started to change because then I sort of got over the whole, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I got to become more of a, a part of it, an organic part of it. I started to, to go to the games and I started to go and meet the kids. And I had my own children, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I had kids of my own and I started to see those those guys differently and you know there's a difference between <clears throat> me in my mid-30s and now you know here I am at 44 years old I mean we all change uh, we all change every few years you know and, and we grow but um I just think I I, <clears throat> I saw those kids in a, in a far more compassionate way I I would meet their parents and their parents would be my age or younger and I realized oh my god these are this is not a machine these are not uh, things these are not that I ever saw them as things you understand but course, just yeah. like there are heroes and our players and 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 our celebrities even we forget they're people they become commodities and and it's much easier to to talk badly about them or to judge them and I just I just felt more and more uh, connected and 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 I started to have friendships and I started to you know winning and losing obviously are always important but I, for me, I, there was way, a way bigger sense of pride in seeing how much my, my friend and, and the, the majority owner, Ron Toigo, cared about the dudes. Like, he cared about them. And it was like, he would say to me, hey, Mike, not everyone's going to make it to the NHL, you know? Um, and it's funny, because we were, we're, Ron and I are best friends. I mean, we we're, you know, we own a business together, but many businesses together, but uh, he's like, when I have, if I'm going to have drinks or whatever with my, he comes over, it's him who comes over. And, um, and so in those moments, these private moments where there was no media or no one, you know, no reason to edit his thoughts, he would say to me, Mike, you know, our job is to, is to, is to make really good men who can be uh, a one, a great part of society. And be um, a positive, a positive member of society, and and role models. And we want these kids to get great educations. And yeah, we want them to play in the NHL. Of course we do. But um, these these are these are our family now, you know. And and so it's a different feeling now. I like, you know, it's like I know it sounds funny, but I feel I'm. It's more of like a, a feeling of a father where. I don't want to lose, but when they lose and I see they've worked hard, I'm, I'm just proud of them, you know? And uh, it's very emotional for me. I mean, last year I saw uh, when, when, when Owen Byron was drafted, um, I was sitting watching the draft and, and Colorado picked him and he came to do his interview. And like, I've talked about this before. I, I couldn't, I was blown away. I mean, I was already, you know, very emotional. And then, to hear him talk about Ron and say, you know, I just had this really beautiful owner who just who cared about me and my progression and put me with the right coaches. And I called up Ron right away and I was like, Ron, dude, this is, 
this is a testament to who you are, man. And it's emotional for me. Like this is, so it's, you know, now that I go, man, I had the best time. I, we had, went to a nice Christmas party together. I had all the boys come to my house. I'll tell you a little story about these kids. Mm -hmm. So they came here and my son was infatuated by them. And, um, and Bowen and all the boys were here. And, uh, and uh, my son said, would you, would you guys come down and play hockey with me? And I was like, oh, uh, leave, <laughs> leave them alone. You know, you know, they're having a day off. They want to throw a football and they, you know, they want to just hang. And every single one, like every single one rushed down to my basement, threw on any skates that got close to fitting and went out and skated with my kids. And, uh, and it's funny, man. They loved it. It's like they, they're just, you know, they're just good kids. So, um, That's amazing. anyway, man. It's become so different, dude. Like now, yeah, I, winning is even sweeter because I really care about them and I care about the ownership group and, and I, you know, yeah, I want to win. But when I see that they're such incredible guys, that just, that's equal or more important to me. I know it sounds weird, but it's, it's just, I'm getting older, you know, and that stuff has become more important to me. Great sense of pride. I love our sport. That's one of the reasons I love hockey is that there's, there's still humility you know what i mean like it's frowned upon to celebrate too much and well some people would say that was boring or, or overly conservative i think it's so i mean that is pure class i mean you know the, when the greatest players in the game are you know you got Sidney crosby or you got guys like connor that are just so like if, i don't know if you've ever talked to them or met them yeah sure of course they're just they're just classy guys i mean they they can they carry the torch of guys like wayne gretzky who through his whole career just you know said and did the right things and i just think you know it's what a breath of fresh air that there's actually guys who are at that level or at this level that still realize that they're role models you know mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting just thinking about those nhl guys and thinking about the, the sort of fatherhood you felt you feel for the giants and i'm kind of reminded of a question i asked you probably five years ago which was is the next step to think about getting involved in NHL ownership? And of course, you know, for you, the dream would be the Canucks, I'm sure. But has anything changed in those five years? Is that something that feels more realistic? Or are you more interested in that? Or are you still kind of just keeping that on the back burner right now? Yeah, man, it's funny. You know, I think it was, I was very close a few times to becoming a part of ownership groups in the NHL. I think it's, it's become less realistic, to be really honest with you. I think, um, as much as as the dream is has always been there to to be that that part of of hockey, I think um, you know it's how billionaires become billionaires. <laughs> um, um, you you really have to be willing to 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 lose your shirt, and uh, because as much as you might make make money, it's it's a it's a it's a game for for really really rich rich men and. Um, you know, um, I can't even imagine what the owners are feeling right now. I mean, they've had, obviously, people all over the world are hurting, but a lot of these guys, I mean, I can't even imagine the pressure that they're feeling. And, uh, and uh, thank God that uh, I'm, you know, I, that I'm not having to deal with that on top of everything else. For but, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. Me? So, uh, 
<laughs> so uh, I've told this before, but I'll repeat myself. So um, I, the day I, I, we had the press conference that was, uh, we were telling everyone that I was now part owner of the Giants. I had come home and I was living in West Van. And man, I was so proud of myself. Like I really felt like I was a major player now. You know what I mean? Part of a hockey team. And uh, this is the honest to God's truth. And that night I sat down and I turned on The Simpsons. And there was an episode where um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Burns loses uh, his, his money. And he goes from being a billionaire to a millionaire. Mm -hmm. So at one point he goes to show up to the billionaires club to go in to hang with his billionaire buddies. And they say, we're really sorry, but you can't come in. You know, you're not a billionaire. And he says, you know what? And they, they go, no, here, sir, uh, across the street is the millionaires club. <laughs> and he goes to go, and as he goes to walk into the millionaires club, this guy comes out of the millionaires club and he says, hey, welcome to the millionaires club. I own a minor league hockey team. <laughs> Just, is, that, is that Barney? That sounds like Barney. It was just a guy. It was actually like a Texas kind of guy. He said, welcome to the Millionaire's Club. I own a minor league hockey team. And I just went like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, I think in terms of what it takes, and look at the expansion fees, $650 million for Seattle. If you ever get to Team 33, probably looking at $800 million. If you're looking Well, what's crazy? They're not, it's not like guys are taking that out of their own pockets. They're financing and they're, they're, they're you know, taking loans and all that stuff and they're putting groups together. But, um, man, I was close. You know, I'm, I was very, like, honestly, man, I was inches away um, from becoming an owner of a team in the NHL and with a great history. And uh, I won't say who, um, but I will just say this. I am so thankful that it didn't happen because it would have been brutal on me. I think financially, I think it would have been tough and I've seen what they've gone through in the last few years. And it's like, Oh Lordy, thank God that didn't happen. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to start thinking about it now, what team it might've been. Um, but while I'm thinking about that, I'll, I'll think about it probably for a week. Um, let's talk Canucks a bit, and I, I'm not going to go deep into your previous Canucks fandom. I, I feel like a lot of the world knows that, that you're a diehard going back to, the, you know, the days of Tony Tanti and the debut of Pavel Burry. We've talked about that before, but I want to know what you think about this current Canucks team, the team that Jim Benning has put together, the team that has been amassing a lot of exciting young talent, and now you got that silly Pod Colson on the way, a team that Jim Benning thought was ready enough, contender-wise, to trade Tyler Madden and bring in Tyler Toffoli at the deadline. So in terms of just where they are on the rebuild path, as a fan, as a, as a true diehard fan, are you satisfied? It's like, you know, when you're in the airport and you get service, you, there are those, those machines, you press a button, like it's a smiley face. How happy are you with your service? Yeah. Which one are you for the Canucks rebuild so far? So far, uh, I'm a... I'm a I'm a 10 out of 10. Wow. Quite honestly, I am a 10 out of 10. I agreed with a lot of the stuff they did. Listen, a lot of, listen, a lot of the stuff they were doing, um, I was, you know, I was, I, I guess I, I, maybe I was in a different position because I was, I was talking to some of the, the management and ownership and I sort of knew what the plan was and I knew what, uh, I knew that sort of maybe uh, a few years ago, different people within the organization had a different idea 
you know, there was friction and, and all of that. And, um, and I, they had a pretty clear plan. I mean, this was the plan. I mean, listen, the fact that it's working, um, you know, I don't know if, um, if anyone could ever guarantee that, obviously, you know what I mean? It's, it's sports, you know? So, um, but I mean, I, listen, I don't know how much Judd Brackett is, is a part of, I mean, I don't know that, that exact inner workings of say who picked put Colson or who picked Patterson or who, you know, decided on, on, um, you know, Hogland or these guys, but I hope that they would keep, uh, you know, a team that's been, dra- I mean, their drafting has been great. It's, it's funny, man. I, 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 because Toronto obviously is the media. So Toronto centric, I follow Toronto a lot too. I follow the Canadian teams and, I feel like Vancouver and Toronto are on a very similar path. Perhaps Toronto is a year ahead or a couple years ahead, um, but very similar. And I think as fans, I don't want to speak for you, but I can imagine that there's a similar feeling of pretty happy with the potential and the core that's being built in both these places. Um, You know, listen, for me as a Vancouver fan, I know now I know get to know these guys and so I know the character you know it's not like I'm having to read a blog or I'm I'm guessing when I see an interview I mean from what I've seen and and the time I've spent with uh, some of these people they're they're good guys and they like each other and um, they're you know they got they've got great character and so you know seeing you know, a group now where you have Bo Horvat, who's a great leader, serious guy, and you got, um, you know, you've got Markstrom in that, you've got Quinn, Quinn Hughes on the back end, and he's, I mean, dude, as a, as a Canuck fan, I've never in the 35 years I can remember watching, I have never seen a player like that on our team. Never, 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 never. Not close. I mean, I felt like I had the, it's like, a few times last year, I was like pinching myself. I was thinking, my God, it's like watching Niedermeyer. Like, and, um, and then guys like Brock and um, obviously Petey. These guys are, you know, it's fun to watch, man. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I know it's the optimism that every single fan of every team has. But you, you sit there and you go, listen, if they can put, you know, the right pieces together and they can, and they can have, you know, uh, you know, add a little more grit here or, you know, speed here. Listen, there's no reason why, uh, you know, a, a Vancouver Canuck team in the next, you know, year or two gets into the playoffs and does damage. I mean, it's, 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 it's anyone's game. It, it honestly wouldn't surprise me to see them go, go, uh, you know, go long. And, and by the way, I know people bitch about the Leafs and they say, okay, the D and this and that, and they're missing this and that, but it's the same thing, man. They, they got a great core and um, you could, I mean, God, it just takes that, that chemistry and uh, the goaltender gets on a hot streak and you just never know, man, get in and you can win the whole thing. The thing as a, as a guy who watches the Leafs a lot, and I think I, I want to ask you these questions. I don't want to talk the whole time. Like as I, as I watch it, as I watch the team and I watch those contract situations and we talk, we say the word character. I, you know, it's many times I, I, I think like, look at that. Austin signs this contract. Boom. 
you know. And then you see these holdouts. Do you, you know what I'm getting at? For sure. And it's, it's interesting. I think what the Leafs have done out here is that there's a template set by the Blackhawks and Penguins in particular. But I think the Blackhawks are the closest temp- template. And the template is pay a small number of guys all the money and then backfill the depth part of the roster. And, and you know, so you, so you end up with like Connor Sheary playing with Sidney Crosby, Brian, Brian Rust playing with Evgeny Malkin. You keep rotating those guys out, pay the stars the big money, and they'll carry you to the promised land. Problem is, the Leafs have burned all the entry-level years. Even if you look at Chicago, you know, when Taves yeah. and Kane got their $10.5 million contracts, even their second deals, they'd already won. So the Leafs, they swung and missed on some crucial yeah, and they also, players. And those players didn't, also didn't hold them out. That's right. You know I mean? And even though people will say, oh, no, you know, that doesn't affect the camaraderie on the team. Well, I know it does. I know it does. You know, I, I sit with a group every night. I play with a band of, of, of 16 guys. And I know if one guy did that, I know it would have an effect. I know it has an effect on trust, you know, and a sense of, of loyalty and, and team spirit. And, like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, that's when I saw when I go when I watch this. That's the only thing that gives me that little bit of cringe. I think like, man, you know, you know, is that is that a component that could be missing? And then again, you know, who knows, man? Like, who knows if PD signs with Canucks? Seriously, when his thing comes up, maybe, who God knows what he's thinking. Maybe in his mind, he's thinking, yeah, no, I don't like how they're playing me here. You know, who God? I mean, as a Canuck fan, you know, I hope not. I sit there and go, oh, please, I hope you know they're taking care of them but who knows for sure and you know i'm with you overall like the canucks they were a team that i i said before the start of the season they were on my list of teams i think could surprise and sneak into the playoffs and it's kind of a good transition to what i want to ask you about next because right now in, in the frozen nhl standing 78 points they're tied with nashville and technically i believe the tiebreaker has the canucks out so they're a team that really wants, uh, if there's going to be no regular season, this is the team that wants that play in tournament. They don't want a 16-team immediate playoffs to be out. So I'm curious, where do you land in terms of what your desired format is? And again, this we'll, we'll assume in this case that medically it's been deemed safe. So if we're, if we're accepting that in this scenario, are you a 2014 play in tournament guy? Are you a, nope, 16-team playoffs? Where do you land on that? I am a Please, God, I would love to have anything. I'll take anything. Uh, uh, when you're talking about the standings now, I don't know how you can have – I think you need to go on win percentage. I don't think you can – I mean, there's, there's – like, say, Nashville just played, I think, a game uh, – Canucks have a game in hand. I think what you – the only fair way that if you were going to do that, if you were going to pick the top 16, is you probably have to roll back to the game that makes it even. And if they do that, if they roll back to that to that amount of games, Canucks are in the the playoffs. I just don't think you can say, well, this other team has another point, but they played two more games. That's that doesn't make any sense to me. You you know what I mean? So if that happens, I I could only imagine making it fair by by rolling back to where everyone had played the amount of even games, and then you find out where they were then. But even that's not fair because if you're Nashville. I don't think that's fair. I mean, that's, it's, you know, at the end of 82 games, you're supposed to know who has the most points or who's got the tiebreaker. So I don't hate the idea of the tournament. You know, if, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's, um, 
I, there's so many questions, man. I don't know. Like, have you talked to teams about, I mean, I have questions about um, contracts. You're in the second year and you've got one year left in your contract. What does that mean? Is this, is this year null and void? Uh, or do you add another year? Uh, yeah, it's going to be very complicated. There's going to be so many changes as a result. Uh, and I think, it, it, especially when it comes to the salary cap, especially when it comes to possible rollbacks going forward next year, compliance buyouts. I don't know what next year is going to look like. Uh, but right now, I mean, this year, the NHL, as far as we know, they're, you know, Bill Daly told me this two days ago. They're, they're committed to the season resumption scenario, no matter what. And that means that the current contracts are going to play out. It's going to be just like it, like it always was. I want to try and sell you on the 2014 tournament, okay? Some people don't like it. Purists, they hate the idea that 24 teams, oh, Montreal and Chicago are going to get in. They're way behind in the standings. Conspiracy theory, they're trying to get TV ratings. They're big markets. I say, who cares? It's fun. And if you don't like it, then beat them. If there's a team that's upset that they have to play Montreal in the first round, then beat them. Same goes for Chicago. It would be absolutely unprecedented. Yeah. Who, I mean, this everything about this year is already unprecedented. It's already going to be completely. weird. Completely. The whole world. Let's go all the in. Whole world. Yeah. What I find interesting, then, is let's just speak hypothetically here. Uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they win the tournament. <laughs> And they are Stanley Cup champions. But are they? Yeah. Do you, the do you know what I mean with the asterisks? And, or do people just go, yeah, yeah, I remember that year. That was a bogus year. That, uh, that was bullshit. They, they shouldn't have won that. It's like, that's the questions I've always had. It's like, you know, is it still real? You know what I mean? Like, I, I still, we still talk about the lockout season. And many people go like, yeah, but that year wasn't really real. And it's like, um, God, I, I, I mean, I... You know, it's funny, man. I think my perspective is so, maybe it's the same or different. I'm sure it's the same as many and different. Uh, I, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I really felt like I was going to win our fantasy hockey league this year. <laughs> yes, he was. I, I made I real references to it. Michael Buble was the guy in my league that had the three-year rebuild. Uh, that that he lost it all. It was him. So I I, I never just three year him. rebuild. Well, I well, where I traded Connor McDavid. I traded. I mean, I traded Claude Drew, Connor. McDavid. I traded and I built a, a killer team. Killer, like it was. And I think I was going to win. And I was. I'm devastated that it's over. And there's like nothing to bring it back. I, you know, and so, you know, parlaying this into something that actually matters. I can't imagine being a team that's on top, like being like the, you know, this year, whoever the Penguins or the Capitals or um, who are some of the other teams that were like Vegas probably would have had a great chance. St. Louis trying to go. St. Louis. Would be, yeah. And just imagine like having those, those core players, those key guys who are, you know, this year, just, at the, you know, just the, you know, just at the top of their game. It's like, you've, you've lost it. It's like, it's crazy. And it's funny you mentioned the Leafs because to me, for the Leaf haters, maybe that's a fate worse than death. If you're one of those people that just can't stand the Leafs, seeing them finally win, but it's with an asterisk forever, that might hurt more than, than death <laughs> at all. It's yeah. sick. It's twisted, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't, dude, it's, it's uh, you know, I, this is hockey, right? I mean, the whole world right now is, you know, man, it's at a place where, I think we're seeing the very best of humanity and the very worst 
I mean, I'm seeing it every day, man. I'm, you know, uh, I think that God or the universe gives human beings, um, nature gives us compassion and a sound mind and power. And when we're fearful, when we get really scared, we lose those qualities so quickly. And, um, it's just such a strange time for everybody to, you know, I think just there's such a frustration in the unknown and, and um, it's funny, man, it, it, it doesn't, there's not one person in one job that it doesn't affect, you know, I, you know, in, in my business, I mean, listen, what we're doing isn't, we're just not saving lives. So it's just not very important, but I know that it's, you know, for my, all my friends that are musicians and artists, and it's over, man. It's, and by the way, we're going to be the last people to come back. Um, right. My friends in the entertainment industry, actors, right? It's over. My friends who play sports. Uh, I was on a call. Uh, I'm on a, like a, a this long, I'm on this, I don't know, uh, this kind of, I don't know how to explain it. I'm on like a, a group chat and uh, with, with professional athletes and some of the most famous uh, basketball players in the world. And I can tell that they're, you know, they just don't, they don't know what's happening. And by the way, they're, they want to play, but they also don't want to put their families or vulnerable people at risk. So it's, it's just like, like anyone saying that they know, I mean, it's funny. I was watching uh, Colbert this morning and he was saying that, you know, what did you do? You used to give us every two weeks. You tell us it was another two weeks. You know, you ruined it by just <laughs> saying three months. People just have no idea. And, uh, um, but I, I, I talk about this and, and I'm not saying that, um, we're, we're, you know, what I do or what you do is obviously not an essential service, but in saying that, I believe that in times of trouble, entertainment is essential and, um, people need to have their minds taken off things. And that's part of the beauty of sports. You know, it really is. It allows people to focus on, on other things for a few hours and, and to have hopes and to have heroes. And um, so I would love if it was safe, like you said, and you're smart to say that. If it's safe, I would love, I don't care how they do it, dude. Honestly, if they want to come to my house, you know, play on my dinky rink, they can, they can do that. And you're 100% right. And it's, it's, you know, I think it's something that needs to be said anytime you see someone on Twitter pretending that hockey or any sport comes back and people get angry at them and they say, this is so trivial. Obviously, I think anyone who says that, it's always with the assumption you know, that people are going to be safe. But I do think there's potential, if it's done safely, to bring a lot of joy and diversion to people. And it's sure. going to be interesting. This is a story I've been working on this week where you know, I was talking to Jonathan Becker. He's president of the San Jose Sharks. And the Sharks are one of the teams that are, they had already announced uh, in March plans to play without fans they already have a plan drawn up they went through all the scenarios and they have some cool ideas they you know he was telling me he still wants to have the shark players skating through the giant shark mm -hmm. and he wants you know there's the audio technicians are experimenting with ways to stream live reactions from fans into the arena so players are still hearing crowd noise music between whistles so i think when we do get to see some version of hockey safely yeah. Um, even with no fans, it's going to be entertaining and it's going to bring a lot of joy. It's very interesting. I had heard from quite a, a good source that um, there was even talk about CGI fans. Wow. So that, so that you, would, you wouldn't know the difference. You know, if you're watching at home, it looks like you can hear every roar and you can see people, you know what I mean? And it feels, you know, as natural as, you know, listen, man, sometimes those video games we play are crazy. Like how, 
you know, you get right into it and you, you forget that, you know, obviously it's just a video game, but um, I think technology is pretty great. I mean, you know, add, add a little bit of oohs and ahs and be pretty exciting. I think you're right, and I'm glad you mentioned video games. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the phenomenon that we cooked up. And I, I wrote about this. If you if you heard me or read my stuff about fantasy fantasy hockey, yeah. this is the league we've been playing, and it's a regular league that includes Michael here. Uh, and you're a better storyteller than me, so just just give the 25 words or less as to so, why this works. And uh, before you do, I'm just going to give a bit of background. We took our fantasy league. We took all the people in the league, we did a draft of video game players, and we streamed the game. So you watch a game every day. And it's crazy. The heart rate goes through the roof. But, Michael, you, you tell the rest. Well, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, I remember when – who, who actually came up with the idea first? Was it's it a, friend, a friend of ours called Malcolm Abood. He's a lawyer, Toronto lawyer. He's a very wow. cunning and calculating guy. <laughs> and he just cooked up this scheme. And, Man, it, and I remember when you guys, we started talking about the group chat, I was like, what? I was like, what? And I thought, can that work? And it, so it's actually funny. So, okay, yes, we're going to put 16 teams together. We're going to, we're going to have a draft. And, and, and did he, did he actually, did he actually put the list of the, uh, the eligible players in the video game? He did. And the reason why we're so talking about the list, time. everybody got a list, printed out the list of all the players. And then we did a draft lottery. And it's funny, man, because it, it started there because I remember all, I think all of us had the same feeling like, well, this is silly. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? And then we all got on zoom and the draft began and, and within 30 seconds, it was serious. It was like sweaty palms. You know, all you could hear was F, yeah, what F balls in front of other people's F kids by accident. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was so serious. Like, and then, you know, waiting, there were so many times that I felt like I was just getting guys were just, cork in me every time i was about to pick you know i'm just about to take Marshawn, and then boom he's gone and i was so it started there and it was like oh my god this is already more competitive than i thought it was going to be so then you know he took all our draft picks he put them into the into the simulator so we each had our own team came up with our own team names and uniforms and then the schedule was put together now the season consists of i believe seven games is that right? seven game schedule yeah a seven-game schedule. Uh, now, because we had 15 teams, uh, one one team, the 16th team, ended up being made out of all of us. <laughs> yes, yes, that's Which right. is they won. They won a couple. <laughs> yes. no, he created a fake team of all of us created as players, and they're really annoying. They're somehow good, and it's just yep. it's a crazy, it's a weird storyline. So it began on a Monday or whatever it was, and it was like, okay, the first game will be streamed at four o'clock Pacific time. And you guys can show up to Malcolm Abood's uh, YouTube page to watch the game. And I remember I just, I, it was, it was instant. It was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And it's, it takes about what, 20 minutes for the game, 25 minutes. Yeah. Give or take. That's right. And, and, uh, and it's, dude, it's crazy how competitive it is. It's crazy. Like my game, I won the first I think I went one and one and then two and one and then two and two, man, my heart was beating so hard at, in the, the final minutes that in my ear, I could just, I could feel it. Boom, 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 boom. Um, I've actually tried to push this narrative. I was on, I was doing a thing uh, with uh, the NHL rewind and with uh, Steve Dangle and a couple other guys. And, um, and I was talking about it because it was like, this is genius. Like it's, it is, can you talk? Can we talk about some of the guys in our league? 
Uh, sure we can. Yeah, just just we'll we'll, we'll go easy on them. But uh, it's a, it's a family affair, you know. I've got my father-in-law in the league. I got my dad in the league. Yep. And the main reasons, so if anyone's listening, why are we telling you about this league, and why should you care? But the important thing to know is we want you to try it. It's so much yeah, fun. Should- it's been it's been the most entertaining part of this really sad time, and it's brought people together. We've had Zoom parties to watch games, to watch to watch two guys who are playing, just to put the camera on them, and watch their reactions yeah. so anyone who's a fan of the video game or missing their fantasy league we highly recommend that you try this highly recommend it and you know and there's i mean and malcolm has even kept stats you can go and look to see you know the high scoring players power play percentage you know goaltending stats um it's amazing and it's funny man because i really i pray that people will do this i you and your buddies even put together you know if you have like five six guys seven just it's perfect. If you get somebody that can take the time to throw that information into into the uh, Xbox or whatever it is, however you're going to play. Is that what it is, Xbox? Yeah, Xbox, or, PlayStation, whatever whatever it is. Yeah. What are we playing on? What's our game on? PS4. NHL PS4. 20 on PS4. NHL 20 on PS4. Because, honestly, we are now at, at in the sixth week, right? Sixth week. And we are – there are about – there's about three or four teams. There are two or three teams that are in. But honestly, there's a logjam from four to maybe 11, and it's still anyone's game. And it is, when I go to bed at night, it's like the first thing I do is to flip up the computer and to, to, to watch and see and to try to feel, you know, there's been tons of trades. I mean, I just made a blockbuster trade. Mm-hmm. You traded Brock Fesser. I don't want to say, don't say it. Oh, no, no, it's oh, up there. No. Michael traded Brock Besser so much for the Canucks fans. I'm so sorry. I just Boom. had to. <laughs> just wasn't doing anything for me, man. Yeah. Their chemistry wasn't there. And that's the thing. Chemistry's big in the league. I started 0-4. I was furious. I said, the hell with this. I traded for a team of only goons. And they haven't lost. I have an yeah. all-goon team. No, they're kill- you're they're killing, killing people. I know. I mean, look at my first line. My first line is Ovechkin on the left wing. Uh, and now what is it going to be? Who is it going to be on in center? I guess Giroux mm-hmm. and, uh, and now Paul Mary. And then a second line of Stamkos. Anyway, man, it's so much fun. It's really been so much fun. I hope people play. Please play, guys. It's fun. Yeah. It, it, it's a great way to connect with your friends right now. And, um, and it's, you know what, too? I, I look forward. You know, listen, I'm a dad. My, my mornings consist of, of homeschool. And then taking the kids and going and playing and teaching them to ride bikes and all that stuff. And honestly, I, I go to the gym with my wife. And then I always know at about 4 o'clock, it's like, okay, daddy's time. Poppy's going to go. <laughs> He's going to pick up his laptop. And, and they'll hear me, like, screaming from, from the other room. And it's, it's truly awesome. It really is. And I'm going to miss it when it's done. So uh, that's our message for everyone. Give it a try. And you'll be shocked with how much you yeah. enjoy it. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if we started some kind of wouldn't it be cool if we actually if it started something where i mean you could do tournaments of different leagues and stuff it would be amazing yeah ea sports if you're listening let's get let's get on it. yeah ea sports listen why wouldn't they be all over this mm-hmm. i find it incredible my kid will watch youtube and watch dudes playing video games and i still i still don't quite understand it maybe i'm just old yeah I, i'm just i, I missed the cutoff too i'm just a, a little bit too old as well yeah yeah um Michael, this has been so much fun, my friend. Thank you. Likewise. Before you go, just do you have any shout-outs you want to give to, to your fans or anything you want to say before we, we call it a day? 
Oh, uh, you know, I, the same thing that I, I would say behind your back, I'll say in front of it. Um, you know what? I, uh, you're, you know, whether you believe in stuff or you're a beautiful atheist or whatever you are, uh, you're always in our thoughts and our prayers. And uh, I'm so proud of my country, you know, and I know there may be people watching in other countries, but uh, um, our country has shown us their, their uh, you know, what great American or great Canadian, North American, uh, you know, firepower is about. And uh, I'm just proud, you know, we've done, we're doing a great job and uh, we're, you know, I can continue to keep me proud and uh, nothing, we're going to get through it. I don't want to sound so redundant. It sounds so redundant to say it all the time, but, uh, you know, don't lose what makes you so special. And um, as Canadians, you know, your compassion and your empathy and the love you have for each other uh, makes you completely distinct. And, and, um, and it's just, it's just, I think it's such a beautiful part of our, our, uh, our history. So don't let it go. Keep going. We'll get through this. Thanks so much, Michael. Thanks for doing this. Everybody, uh, we'll be back next week with just, just the regular old cronies. We're going to downgrade from Michael Buble to Ken Campbell. No, so, I, I think okay. I, that's not a downgrade at all. That is not a downgrade at all. I just had, I actually had to get a shot at Ken there, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was hoping you'd take a shot at our league mates more, but you were so classy about it. I know. I'm keeping it classy. So you're welcome. Who's, pi who's, who's Pineapples, by the way? His name is Fraser Matthews. He lives in Dubai. He's a big hockey guy. He loves spitting chicken. Fraser Matthews. I'm coming for you, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. Hey, you know what, dude? You know what? They don't even know. They don't even know how. I, you know, I'm supposed to go now. They don't even know how to do this. Goes. They don't even know that there's interviews. That there's literally. Dude, can you tell them about that? Just a second about it. There's a, there's a fake. Somebody made a fake highlight show in the league that hopefully never sees the light of day. But there's a fake highlight show. With fake it's, interviews. It's really, it's, it's really escalated. It's escalated. By the way, you, you came on as the manager of your own team. You reminded me very much of a young Brian Burke. There was a lot of truculence in, and uh, you, were, you were amazing. And no one will ever see it because it's not safe for work, okay? That's the deal. No one will ever see it. That's the deal. Okay. All right. Okay. God bless you. Thanks, you too. Bye. Take care. Bye.